0: Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with Monkey Tennis.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,
2: Absolutely, yep, 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 absolutely. Monkey tennis, bring, bring. There's a new chat in town. I had the last laugh. Done! Monkey tennis. Little Pierce, my foot on his thigh. With a chuckle, with a chuckle. Oh. Monkey tennis. Radical, awesome, mega. <laughs> Monkey tennis. Where's my assistant? I do not know. Okay. Monkey tennis. Edmunds is a total wazoo of a guy. Yes, 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 and yes. It's hotter than the sun. They said, "Who the hell is that?" (laughs) This is great banter. Yeah. Back of the net. Monkey tennis. The people who enjoy Alan Partridge will enjoy this podcast. The people who've never got it still won't get it.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where we're working our way through Alan's own series from the Osthouse series two. Today, we'll be concentrating on chapters nine and ten. And I, of course, am Adam Brooks, joined as ever by Tom
3: Dark. For Christ's sake, pull over, Grant. Get yourself a coffee, you fucking transport minister. Nick Older. Nailed it.
0: Tom Stab.
4: Schnapsy always nails it.
0: <laughs> and sadly not Schnapsy. Schnapsy is unavailable on account of being pogoed back into the government um so thanks to everybody who's been in touch with their uh, partridge opinions uh, not just about from the oast house but in general um as ever you can get in touch on instagram at monkey tennis pod twitter at the partridge pod facebook.com slash the partridge pod the partridge pod at gmail.com and we love a voice note so why not leave one on the monkey tennis hotline 07923 600 and feature in a future episode um One thing we like to do before we get into the meat of the the episodes is talk about some of the promo uh, that's been going on. Uh, Steve Coogan, as ever, has done uh, a medium amount of promo uh, to support this series. Uh, And it's my turn to talk a little bit about uh, this week's bit, which was he did an interview with Rolling Stone, um, which was quite noteworthy because he talked a lot about potential future Alan projects, although we have covered this on a previous episode. Um, So just to skip over that quickly, he said uh, he really wants to do an album of songs as Alan. And I think that's something that we've seen teed up by the introduction of Nathan into this series and the sort of the element of musical stuff that's going on um also we know that it's his brother martin coogan who's done a lot of the music uh, for this series uh, and also i presumably wrote some of the songs for stratagem so it's a nice uh, family connection there get his brother involved um he's also talking about doing a couple of documentaries uh, sorry no talking about going around britain and finding out what defines being british Uh, taking him around Scotland and Wales for his own Alan Odyssey. Uh, So that's something we've heard discussed by uh, the new head of Baby Cow as an idea that they could take to America in future. Um, He also said in the interview, the one card I haven't played is Alan interviewing real people. I mean, he has, but... You kind of not not in a serious way uh, an actual talk show i did a similar thing where i spoke to elton john brian ferry roger daltrey and noel gallagher for comic relief and it worked really well the thing is you have to get people who are prepared to let you really take the piss out of them not everyone is prepared to do that some people just can't take a joke uh, but there's so much goodwill to alan that if we did a talk show i think we get some of the most famous people in the world Uh, not my words Steve Coogan's words there so all potential uh, ideas in the pipeline for Alan Um, but I think possibly the biggest bombshell uh, bear in mind this interview went out around the time of the first uh, Tory leadership uh, race Uh, he said he thinks Alan Partridge would quite like Liz Truss uh, because he thinks that he'd love to go out with her and if you think about it I suppose Liz Truss is a bit of a composite of a lot of Alan's exes if you take 10% Sonia 80% Angela, 5% Carol and perhaps 5% Katrina, as we might come on to talk about, then maybe what you end up with is Liz Truss.
3: Well, I think isn't Katrina basically 100% Liz Truss? (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. Adam, imagine Liz Truss...
0: that's true that's very true <laughs> yeah. he's done that he's done the heavy lifting there for me uh so yeah those are those are primarily the bombshells and um, he also mentioned uh talking about his recent stint on stage with coldplay that um he was pretty sure 30 to 40 percent of the coldplay audience didn't know who he was he said which makes it even funnier to me which i thought had a little hint of alan sort of i don't give a fucking shit either way <laughs> <laughs> he's like i enjoy the fact that people don't know who i am do you though do you steve <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the main content of the Rolling Stone interview. We'll put a link on the social so you can read the whole thing yourselves. Um, but onto the meat of the episode, starting with episode nine, brand ambassador. And today's synopsis comes from Tom Stab.
4: Yes, episode nine, brand ambassador. Uh, still to receive a job offer, Alan wonders if his commercial endorsements are creating a conflict of interest.
3: And before we jump further into this, can I give an update on our running uh, counters for this series, which is the Grant Shapps count. Uh, at the beginning of episode nine, we've had three mentions, I believe, and we've also had three episodes have had at least some content from inside the Oast House, so that's where our tallies lie at the beginning of this.
0: Nice. Um, so we start with an introduction to a new character, it's Mike Blank, or Mike Blank, Blank? His surname's Blank. Mike Blank. Yeah, Blank. Of, uh, yeah, Blank. Of Armadillo. Armadillo Security. Armadillo Security. Um, I think
3: he does also refer to it as Armadillo security and Armadillo blinds in different places, so it's interchangeable, doesn't matter. He
0: he does. Um, There's some language mangling right at the top of the episode where he describes um, a window as a house's Achilles heel, rather than an Achilles heel.
3: Uh, And and, Uh, 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 a promotional YouTube video. (laughs) I'm pretty Uh, sure
5: he introduces uh, Mike Blank twice as well. He says uh we open with i'm with mike blank and then that vo motif comes up and he says i'm with mike blank so it's two introductions of mike blank within 30 seconds that's
3: the first one is from the youtube video you see but obviously (laughs) it doesn't actually yeah it's bad audio bad audio practice definitely
4: so i think mike mike sounds like a gibbons to me and (laughs) i know Mm. when we say when we say a gibbons we never know which one is rob and which one is neil so it's just a gibbons
0: um, we also get something that we've we've had in uh, previous Alan interviews. Whenever he's talking to somebody who he sort of wants to be friends with, or he ha- or primarily has a military background, then he's very deferential to them. Uh, and, and, and Mike is no. Uh, exception. So he says uh he's talking about like the you know the blinds and stuff coming down the security systems having the same principle as an armadillo. And then Mike says you could say that. I mean obviously you could. That's why he called the company armadillo. <laughs> and Alan <laughs> goes, "Could I? Cheers." <laughs> Which I thought was really <laughs> yeah. funny that he's sort of so pleased to have Mike's permission to say this very obvious thing.
3: I, I enjoyed the the list of uh, Mike's kind of credentials because he's been in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Kuwait, But it turns out Q8 was only a holiday. But that's fine because it brings real credibility to the brand. I thought that was a fun little gag.
0: Do you, it's almost like he's suggesting that Mike, had, you know, had his military experience, but it felt that like it wasn't enough to uh, base the Armadillo brand on that. So he had to just pop over to q just to yeah, make it two, make two it countries watertight. W- wasn't
3: enough. Yes.
0: Um, so yeah, he's uh, talking about his he, yeah filming filming content. Um, he makes he films some content that could become a YouTube video for the website or be uh, picked up as a number of local press pieces. Um, I also like that he described his relationship with armadillo as lucratish. <laughs> not <laughs> lucrative, not lucrative, lucrative, uh, and that he's obviously just had his contract renewed for a further three years, which will go on to cause all sorts of problems later in the episode. There's a a piece where he talks about his brand synergy with that of uh, armadillos.
5: I don't know if anyone has any notes on this but uh, I wanted to query the first one which was reliable. I'm not <laughs> sure I would describe Alan Partridge as reliable, and if he wants me to give examples, I am prepared to give them. <laughs> Although I
0: would say, I mean,
5: ask ask Pete from Dante's Fires. That's that's all I'd
0: say. <laughs> there's, there's probably more credibility behind the claim that he's affordable. Now that I can believe. Uh, we've yeah, seen his yes. we've seen his crash bag wallop negotiating tactics. Um, and uh, and his example of that is that if you want him for an after dinner event at the end of your tax year, you can pay it in cash to keep
4: it off the books. <laughs> yeah. So very very credible there. <laughs> I think. This
3: the two the i noted down that i enjoyed the most uh well and, and i think to be fair he his his brand synergy is accurate here are the blinds beautiful no i'm not either i also really enjoyed the most popular finishes high gloss white i'm caucasian <laughs> i thought i thought those are a lot of fun
0: and then a couple of other comparisons between him and blinds that, that literally make barely any sense that, that they're both <laughs> smart neat and looking their best when clean which i mean arguably you could apply that yep. to almost anything
3: <laughs> Uh, I I think it's worth delving a little bit into uh, also the the parallel he draws between uh, them being made in Britain. So the blinds are made in Britain, ditto him. And I thought this this next bit was brilliant. If Britain was a woman, so he's basically talking about how much he loves Britain, right? So he's saying, if Britain was a woman, I would happily marry her with everything that, that that entails. You'd have an affair with Italy, but you wouldn't want to be married to it. Britain may not be sexy, but it's not going to go crazy and throw crockery at you just because it caught you looking at videos of other countries on the internet. I really enjoyed that extended metaphor. Very laboured and very funny.
0: And so we have to we have to assume that that is something that actually happened with Carol, especially Definitely. given that we know from Alpha Papa that he is a porn enjoyer.
3: Uh, It could have happened with Carol, could have happened with Sonia, could have happened with Angela. I mean, Carol's probably less likely because early 90s.
0: I think it's Carol because he refers to it being his ex-wife, I think, rather than ex-partner. But uh, I might need to go fact-check
3: that. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think we'll come to it, but I wouldn't put it past
5: Katrina that she would throw crockery at Alan, but... We'll get there. Um, this
0: is also this is also the point in the episode <laughs> where uh, where I, I first thought, where is the second part of his Katrina special that we were promised last week? Because this <laughs> yeah. is very much not it. We're talking yeah, yeah. about <laughs> blinds so far. Yeah, and brands he will work with. Um, Gore-Tex,
1: it's
5: yes. a yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solomon, yes. <laughs> it's a yes. Wilkinson Sword, oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's claiming he turned down Nivea. I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm also saying Nivea are never calling you, pal. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, <laughs> same for Purcell, it's not happening. Uh, he's saying no to Debenhams. I, I say, mm, I think you'd say yes.
3: I have to, I have to say, what I enjoyed most about this is the tone which he gives the nose going through this. Yeah, thing. So yeah, yeah, it's no to Nivea, Purcell, Debenhams. It, oh, this really made me laugh because he sounds so annoyed. And I, let me put it to you: my theory is that in Alan's head, he's reenacting being offered these brand proposals from Lynn. So Lynn's probably, you know, can you can imagine that Lynn saying, "Oh, Alan, Purcell want you to do this? No, Debenhams, no." Um, I enjoyed those bits so much. I think we should drop that little clip in because it's very, very good.
2: Gore Tex, yes. Solomon, yes. Wilkinson Sword, you betcha. Nivea, no. Purcell, no thanks. Debenhams, no.
4: And also, just to add, didn't uh, Alan did some do some voiceover work for um, Tell Me About Debenhams? (laughs) (laughs) If, yes. <laughs> so he has worked with Debenhams <laughs> before. Yep. And, and he will cr- work with the most toxic of brands. So well, he'll, he'll <laughs> also
0: work with the most uh, dead of brands because by the time he yeah. mentioned this, Debenhams has been in administration for a number of years as well. So Great. he's hardly yeah. got his finger on the brand pulse. Uh, Interflora, just as a, another one that he mentioned uh, that oh, yeah. he would not work with. Um, but what I really enjoyed, I think it came just before this, is uh, him talking about uh, the combination of products and celebrities and and uh, uh, the extent to which that makes sense or doesn't make sense. So him and Blimey, makes sense for all the reasons the, the nonsense reasons he's given us like eamon holmes and funeral costs make sense really enjoyed that uh, and uh, the first of several uh very well fairly subtle references to richard hammond's diminutive stature uh, richard hammond and hair clay or chunky insoles it just makes
6: sense
3: yeah i think there are a few references to cuban heels and richard hammond uh, in the in the next few episodes i think yeah i mean uh yeah the, the I think they're kind of, I guess, what what do you call it? The classic Top Gear cast feature quite heavily in this whole series, don't they? Mm, They do. The Clarkson-Hammond-May trio.
0: What I love that you're getting across the the Oast House episodes as well is you're getting a really nice mix of very subtle and very blunt gags at celebrities' expenses. So I think whenever you get Kirsty sort come up, it's a fairly it's 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 a straight shot to the to the brain as far as uh, subtlety goes. <laughs> Grant Shapps maybe a little bit more uh, more subtle. Then you've got uh, then you've got Richard Hammond, you know perhaps more subtle still. And then there's one coming up for James Corden, which I think is you know is 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 so subtle and therefore all the more devastating but we'll, we'll get to it in a second
3: basically at this point alan is then talking about uh trying to pitch a picture a show and return to north norfolk digital did you guys get down uh the suggested names that he's got for that
0: the first was backchat
3: backchat with, with alan, alan Partridge. Partridge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the second one, Bullhorn with Alan Partridge. Um, I was uh, I was slightly disappointed that we didn't get Alan's show being a being a nominated name there because that, that normally happens.
0: And I think
5: those it are only... absolutely brilliant. I decided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: those are only the suggestions. If he gets his own sort of topical evening chat show, aren't they? He would yeah. obviously prefer drive time or breakfast because he knows that that's the golden slots. Um, there's a great bit about how to handle the uh, uh, Graham, the unfunny station manager, uh, gauging just the right amount of laughter to not encourage him to tell more <laughs> jokes, but to let him know that you appreciate the joke that he has made.
3: Yeah, there are some really good lines here. Um, he's the kind of guy that thinks he's funny that isn't. Um, so the response is, ha ha ha, that's a good one, Graham. And nothing beats a quiet chuckle, followed by a slight shake of the head, coupled with a sigh. So Alan really knows how to deal with somebody like this.
0: Uh, something we used to get a lot in Partridge and haven't had as much lately is his sort of... Um, the fact that accuracy takes precedence over form or style. Um, so he'll ruin a good joke or a good sentence by have be, by feeling he has to make it accurate. So when he's he's kind of giving his spiel uh, here about having a show, he says, now I'm listening, and so will the audience be. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was quite nice. <laughs> I enjoyed that. You can't, can't let it go.
3: Um, I've got, got a note here as well. I thought this is, and this is, I, t- I mean, I was going to say this, possibly reading too much into it, but that's basically what this whole podcast is about anyway. Um, I thought it was interesting that, You've got Graham Wilford and Guy Winch being the kind of North North of the Digital uh, execs reference in this series. And The fact that they're both GWS, I thought, is that a very uh, is that a very kind of obtuse kind of comment on the interchangeability of kind of like faceless radio execs or something? I don't know. Probably not, but you know, they, they could have given them very different names, and they've given them names that you could quite easily get confused. So yeah,
0: they've got fairly sort of generic CEO names as well, haven't mm. they? Yeah, um, is it time to talk well, about? Uh, you Ro- could
3: put guy, guy hands could go in yeah. there quite easily, couldn't he? That's true.
0: Is it time to talk about Ross Kemp's tough guy image? Oh. <laughs> bombshell,
5: I'd say as well. I had no idea about this either. I genuinely assumed he was a tough guy. I had no
0: idea that it could have gone the other way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could have been part of a dance troupe. Exactly. According yeah. to Patrick, none of it comes naturally, uh, and yeah, he, he, he years ago <laughs> came to a fork in the road where he could have ended up in a dance troupe. Um, yeah, I really like these sort of uh, the devastating undermining of uh, of celebrities but told as if it's you know a true story um it reminds me a bit of um there's a twitter account i forget the name but we'll uh, we'll be able to put it on socials where it's sort of f- true celeb facts and they're all like hilarious like undoings of their personas it's really really funny
3: i mean is that is in j- actual facts or just nonsense
0: no non- nonsense like facts. onion
3: style things yeah
0: yeah so the account's fake fake showbiz news at fake showbiz news on twitter i very much uh, recommend it if you're not already following Yeah. So, uh, we're back on to talking about the presenters of North Norfolk Digital. Early breakfast presenter is uh, Ken Cheddar, which I was great. It sounds like one of the names Bob Mortimer comes up with for cats, doesn't it? I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this is where we get to the, the sort of slightly, subtly devastating James Corden uh, thing, which is um, he used the word optics, and he says that he loves the word since he heard that James Corden's producer uses it up to five times in a minute. Um, and I thought that was... Sort of subtle and great on a lot of levels. One is that optics is a sort of phrase you only use in in, in in the context of damage control. So the fact that James mm, Corden's mm, producer yeah. is using it tells you a lot about you know. Um, also, I think it's it's just sh- sheer coincidence that we heard this episode the week of uh, the James Corden Balthazar restaurant ban yeah. story coming out as well. But I think it all it all speaks to the same thing. Um, optics is also a word you tend to use when you want something to look better than it actually is in reality um and it also suggests us that team cordon is obsessed with buzzwords they used it five times in a minute so uh, yeah yeah damaging in many respects
3: i think it's fair to say as well just kind of in tv production land the word optics it would would be used so yeah it works on all those levels 100
4: tom as someone who works in telly have you ever used the word optics uh
3: yes yes i think i probably have <laughs> What are the optics on this? <laughs> uh,
0: so, Alan gets a call from Lynn. Uh, is, is this the first call from Lynn of the series? I can't recall if we've had a previous one. I think this might be the maiden voyage of Lynn Benfield. Mm.
6: I think
3: it is.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely referenced
3: right. a lot, but actually phoning him, well, him taking a call from her, I don't think so. Mm. And I, you know what? I still think it's a real shame we don't get Lynn's voice in this series because we, mm. we didn't in series one either, did we? And I just feel nope. like nope. that yep. could really. For me, that would really raise raise the game quite a lot. I I, it
0: w- it wouldn't really break the illusion either. Like that, no. is a, that is a feasible thing that could have happened and be in a podcast.
3: Do they basically not I, want to pay Felicity's wage of nine yeah, and a half I, thousand pounds? I think it's probably. I that. Worry.
5: You'll probably go from an audible drenching to just a heavy soaking. So <laughs> they're, they're keen to keep the
0: the moisture levels at drenched. <laughs> um, so they do, Set they, moisture
3: too. They do like to throw in, I mean,
0: the phone calls from Lynn uh, and, and conversations with Lynn are often devices that sort of relate to how his career is going, aren't they? Like, you know, he, he gets he gets the news from her. She's his intermediary. So, uh, yeah. so basically, yeah, the news here is there's no word from North Norfolk Digital who he's clearly trying to get back in the good books of
3: i was just going to say and i guess actually of course the comedic device with not hearing lynn is the fact you're only hearing one side of the conversation that does allow them to put extra jokes into it based on you're never 100 percent sure what he's reacting to i mean in this phone call it's pretty clear what's going on but yeah i guess that does give them a bit more leeway we've never really discussed
5: and we probably shouldn't do it now but he doesn't actually have a manager does he lynn Lin kind of fulfills that 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 role in some way, shape. Well, or he, form, says it's good, he says.
4: Yeah. He says. He says. He says. In I Partridge, like I've never had a manager, never needed one, and he does a. He, he talks about how like you take a fifty-pound note and rip part of it off, and that's ba- mm. and and that's basically what having a manager or throwing it on the flame, and that's basically what a manager is. So yeah, he doesn't mm. need one. Um, you can have a, they, you
3: can have a bit of fun character development if you brought a manager in, perhaps in mm. in a, in another series or vehicle, perhaps.
4: Well, Lynn is definitely the closest, and to your point, Tom, about uh, how not having Felicity Montague on the other end of the phone allows them to do other jokes. That's basically what happens in this instance where Alan goes on a massive sort of ramble and it's just (laughs) silence. It's just like, Lynn, Lynn, and oh, you've gone. (laughs) She's gone. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
3: because at this point we find out that Lynn hates schnapps.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's another (laughs)
3: tick on the schnapps count as well. And also, (laughs) I think at this point that means I think we can safely assume... Yeah, basically this episode, the majority of it, if not all of it, is also Alan in the Oast House, I think is a safe assumption. Yeah. So I'm going to put Schnapps on four, Oast House on four. Ticks mm-hmm. in both columns. That's Collins. the update, yeah.
0: Um, another thing with Lynn, she does seem to just drop off the phone calls of Alan, and given how, <laughs> deferent, <laughs> given how deferent she is over the years, do you think there's just come a point over the years that she's determined that she can just hang up when she's bored and she won't get in trouble? And she was probably very That's scared me. of doing it up to a point, and now she's like, mm, give a fuck, mate, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to hear you talk about shaps again. Or Um, you've
3: got Lynn struggling with technology, basically, and accidentally hanging up or something. It could also be a thing. That
0: could be it. So, um, yes, there's no word from North Norfolk Digital, and uh, they have a brief conversation about why that might be. Uh, They felt initially the chief suspect could be age. Alan doesn't like this because the jazz show has an 81-year-old presenter who has a collapsed nostril, and they still let him on air. Um, Yeah,
3: Danny Franchetti. We've heard of him uh, in the past, haven't we?
0: Um, the next option was that perhaps Alan was disruptive, which I, I love. That's that, that's a, a suggestion that's come from Lynn, hasn't it? Who has no idea what disruption or anarchy or any of these things are in, in the real world. Um, so, uh, yeah, he uses Grant Shapps. Uh, the Grant Shapps mention comes in there that... Um, he was advised by Grant Shapps to always be on the side of management. Um, effectively, Shapps is a narc. That's basically what he's saying. is <laughs> um, And uh, yeah, and also talking obviously about and knows all about industrial relations because at the point this was being recorded, you've got to believe that uh, that Grant Shapps was you know was in the thick of. Uh, of, of the rmt situation which is obviously still ongoing while we're recording this so God, there uh, is
4: yeah, yeah. there is so much of this that has become out of date in such a short period of time liz it's truss mad, isn't it liz, liz Trust, grant shapps and uh his royal highness the prince of Wales, as well later on <laughs> yeah
1: would you yeah. like a gin and tonic sir save it <laughs> save it
3: that's quite good actually tom that's quite good thanks thank you very much
0: his new friend Nathan uh, is, is potentially helping him do a musical about Isambard Kingdom Brunel, uh, the one-man industrial revolution.
3: <laughs> a uh, tunnel um, underneath the Thames. Imagine that. A tunnel. Okay, here's the thing I really liked about this. Right, Alan, just uh, like you just said, to calling him a one-man industrial re- revolution, but Alan can only list one achievement. <laughs> only the, t- the Thames tunnel that he references. Also, on a repeat listen, it occurred to me, I was quite surprised that Alan would choose one of his London projects to focus on because, you know, for example, why not the Clifton suspension bridge or something like that? Like for, Mm -hmm. for him to actually focus on the Thames tunnel, I thought was also quite funny.
0: I mean, reading too much into this. Has he taken against the Clifton Suspension Bridge because it reminds me of the Clifton Suspension Quiz?
3: Let's go with that. I like
0: it. <laughs> there we go. Um, so uh, he's he's cooking up an egg scramble. He's banjaxing some eggs the next day. Uh, he says morning morning oysters, which I think is the first time he's ever tried to. Apply I, like that a, a I like a lot. I collective that. name to the listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm here
5: for egg scramble as well. I'm I'm keen to keen to go with egg scramble. I've never heard of is it rushed
4: or banjaxed. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that was going to oh, be my how, question. How do you want your eggs, banjaxed. As a as a non egg eater, I was going to ask egg eaters of the of the podcast whether banjaxed eggs were actually a thing.
3: I don't think they're <laughs> proper culinary terms. No. Yeah.
0: Do you ever throw a duck egg in with some hen eggs for a creamy finish as well? That's no, because that would be unholy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah so Lin thinks the union of hen duck eggs is unholy, but she did only recently come around to mixed race <laughs> marriage. We found out.
4: Is there, is is there broad agreement again? For the egg eaters among us that Alan's technique for making egg scramble is, uh, is, is pretty good. Well, butter, pinch of salt, uh, caress them around the pan and then throw them in the bin. But yeah, <laughs> sure uh, no
5: Normal butter, yes, low and slow, and you know, uh, encourage them around the pan, yes, mm. pinch of salt, no, uh. Many, many a chef will say never put uh, salt in with the eggs before they start cooking. Uh, it makes the eggs go slightly watery. Um, so uh, I would just say no to salt. Only season with salt.
3: And uh, But Nick, wouldn't you rather heavily season, uh, over season even, with uh, black pepper?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. I still do that. Just, 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 like uh, just, just, just for the
3: listeners to understand the amount of black pepper that Nick likes on his eggs, you won't be able to see any egg underneath the pepper once he's finished with it.
0: Yeah, genuinely, it's 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 got the resemblance of uh, if you've ever been to an active volcano and you're sort of po- <laughs> poking about in cooled lava to see the uh, the fluorescent yeah. underside. <laughs>
4: I'd so I've never lived with Nick, but the other two have, and you have mentioned. <laughs> and Nick's I can't recommend it. Propensity for uh, loads of black pep- pepper and not even tasting any of the food before throwing loads of salt all over it. <laughs> yes, and that's I'd... what pissed
3: me off about this the most: the fact that you're heavily <laughs> over-seasoned before you've even seen what it tastes like.
0: Yeah, the condiment slinger they called him.
4: But, but recently, <laughs> when we were down in Bristol, Adam, for your birthday, and the morning after, I witnessed Nick putting black pepper on his eggs, and I. Was quite frankly stunned. Were you, were you more or
0: less? Were you more or less angry than when people butter both halves of the sandwich?
4: Uh, oh, less because I don't like eggs. But um, so it doesn't really make any difference. To but Jesus Christ, man! You carpet bombed it. <laughs>
5: yeah, I basically.
0: Uh pepper heavily until they are well and truly banjaxed (laughs) so uh, so alan's finished cooking his eggs and and says oh smell that forgetting that he's uh in exclusively audio medium not for the first time i love the smell of eggs
3: they've really lent into alan's (laughs) love of eggs steve and the gibbons haven't they 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 really are onto that
4: this is the second time so earlier on in the series we had him make a cup of tea before he headed off to Tynum and then just leave it and this time he's making his eggs and then he just throws them in the bin no time for those
3: right but before before we get to him binning the eggs uh, it took me i didn't really clock this until probably the i think maybe even the fourth time i listened to this episode those that uh those, those scrambled eggs that's his second breakfast of the day
4: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. because
3: he's talking about how he's basically, I mean essentially he's come to accept that he's not going to be working for North Norfolk Digital so he says I kind of feel fucking okay with that and obviously the inclusion of the swear word I think indicates he absolutely isn't okay with that <laughs> um, but yeah he then talks about that he's already had a breakfast, uh, he was on the veranda with a bowl of toasted almonds, paleo cereal scattered over spelt brown flakes with flax blueberries, fat milk and a dollop of yoghurt, so he's had that then he's gone on to make scrambled eggs
0: it doesn't matter that the eggs are in the bin because, Alan, you are happy. Uh, and I thought, is this the day he's really changed? And then I put four question marks in brackets afterwards.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no chance, no chance. And, and, but the, the keys to his happiness actually weren't even the breakfast. It was more the glass of Tropicana and a copy of the Daily Mail. And he thought to himself, this is all anyone needs. None of it matters. But as as I've said, he's only decided that because he's realised what he wanted is no longer achievable.
5: Yeah, this this reminds me of um, something he says in series one of the Osteros, where he says, "Today I'm choosing to be happy," <laughs> and this, this feels very
0: much from the uh, mental health school of just choose to be happy and you will be happy. <laughs> um, I'd love to take a second to talk about Alan's gratitude list that he's put together uh, of the, you know things that he's he's grateful for, um, and I think this is the point where he's talking about think you know things things being free as well. So you've got the smell of grass, uh, smiling, um, humming, scratching. Doing a loud uh, fury, fury Trump or funny, funny. What's Trump. happened
3: there, Adam? Is your handwriting let you down? It's a funny, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a loud and funny Trump. Uh, impressions
0: of people from different countries uh, staring at beautiful women uh, and how camp or deep you can make your voice go. Free. Got, rather Free. than being a, rather than a gratitude <laughs> list, this is just things he's done this morning, isn't it? It's just <laughs> just stuff that's happened to him today.
3: Actually, un- unarguably, I mean, I don't know about. About proper self self help terms, whether this be is does that even work as a gratitude list? Because he's he's obviously also talked about the best things in life that are free, so that is a list of things he can do that are free. I don't think this would actually constitute an actual gratitude list because that isn't shouldn't it be a list of things that he's thankful for something which is a bit more of a overview on the like his life situation whereas that is literally like you say just the list of things he's done that morning
0: yeah i mean if you compare it compared to this he's absolutely nailed the bucket list <laughs> you know he's understood <laughs> the assignment there whereas yeah he's, he's way <laughs> off here um and yeah he gets uh so obsessed with trying to do camp uh camp voices that he
4: disturbs rosa and has to explain <laughs> yeah i'm just doing camp freeze so I, I love
3: that because I, that, <laughs> the way he says that, does that indicate that it's not the first time that Rosa's uh, abs- yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, heard yeah doing and, and, and that's absolutely. often the joke with Rosa, isn't yes. it? It's like when she's like, absolutely. oh, you're just, yeah, you're just, uh, what is it? You're just reading from your book again. No Yeah, 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 exactly that.
3: But also, is it in series one, am I remembering this correctly? Does he not panic seldom by doing what uh, he terms his camp voice? Doesn't, doesn't seldom start growling or something. He's yeah, like, no, no, yeah. I'm With, just, um, it's just me upstairs doing... Upstairs yeah.
5: Is it upstairs? Oh, are you being, isn't it, are you being served? You're being uh, served. when he's doing yeah. that, that. <laughs> Are you being served? I think he's doing that shtick and then yeah. uh, s- seldom, <laughs> seldom kicks off. Just me, Seldy. Seldy, just me. <laughs> uh,
0: so, um, he's, he spent four hours trying to Photoshop himself um, and uh, I love that he says, why do we do these things? To which the answer is <laughs> we, don't, we don't, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Has anyone got the description of what Alan does to himself on Photoshop? don't have it in front of me no no i don't but uh i've got an idea and i think we what we should do is uh let's play in the audio of how alan describes what he does to himself via photoshop uh now and uh i would like to challenge any of the monkey tennis listeners to do the same photoshop uh, job on a picture of alan and make him look like it's a thin genie isn't it Yes. So make yes. it look like a thin yep. genie. So let's play that audio in here. And if you could follow along at home on your Photoshop <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and do a version of Alan as described now, that would be great.
2: Uh, as a disclaimer, it doesn't need to take you four hours. The other day, I spent four hours on Photoshop trying to make my shoulders broader, my jaw squarer, my beard pointier. And whilst initially pleased with the results, I went too far and I ended up looking like a thin genie.
4: There we go. So yes, if uh, any listeners want to... Uh, take on the photoshop challenge please do
0: uh it's time to go swimming with grant shapps i think another shapps uh, uh, mention is not co- correct you adam they they play
4: yeah they yeah, yeah. swim yeah, they play. yeah.
3: They get
0: in the water and they just play
4: <laughs> what a beautiful image
3: he uh grant shapps even pretends to be a whale at times which sounds like a lot of fun to be honest
4: <laughs> i'll be honest i am absolutely loving the Schnapsy doing in this yes. entire series yes. it's a real highlight it really yeah. is they've absolutely nailed it Snapsy always nails it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they met at a disco, and in principle, Snapsy is godfather. At to at a disco. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alan... Alan is godfather. No, sorry, Snapsy is in principle godfather to... to Alan's future children. And I thought, yes. what is the chance of that happening now? <laughs> How many more kids is Alan going to have now? <laughs>
3: never gonna happen never gonna happen um the disco do you reckon that is a disco like a tory party conference or something like that i don't, I don't know. know i i think i think, <laughs> I think it might funny. just
0: be i think it's just more of an effort of the writers to make their friendship sound like that of two 10 year old boys yeah, that yeah. they mm-hmm. met at a disco they get in the water playing and just play yeah.
3: yeah oh and my favorite bit my favorite detail about the, uh them going swimming sorry playing in the swimming pool i guess uh is the fact that uh later on grant shapps swims wits so they're doing bits, not lengths as well which also contributes to the length, <laughs> yeah. them being 10-year-old kids yeah which, really which to be fair
4: which to be fair he can do yeah
0: but also <laughs> their their swim is cut short because it shaps swallows some water and gets really cut up about it again <laughs> yeah. another yeah. absolutely like 10-year-old, yeah, 10-year-old yeah. thing
3: uh, the, uh I was I I guess so before we get more into the Alan and uh, Schnapsey relationship here so obviously yeah He's, he's turned up, he's beeping outside the O's house so there's no time for the eggs <laughs> Alan shoots him straight in the bin and just says fucking dick under his breath which I thought was a great little sequence
0: um, So I think it's time for, time for a bit of North Norfolk Digital housekeeping in that it turns out that North Norfolk Digital are in bed with home guard security um, and Alan's worried that he's uh, shot himself in the foot by aligning himself to Armadillo uh, for a three year contract um, so yes, he's, uh, he's got to really think that one through
3: so can we talk a little bit about this? You, you basically, it, it, it's about 14 and a half minutes into the uh, episode or chapter. Uh, you, you basically have, yeah, you've got Alan is in the car kind of giving us a bit of a, a bit of a, I guess, a monologue on, on kind of like the conversations that he's had with Grant, Grant when they've gone swimming. And uh, yeah, um, him putting him right about North Digital being in bed with uh, Home Guard Security, so a rival firm to Armadillo. And you've basically got about, two minutes of alan talking here before there's a big reveal that schnapps is in the car with him and he's driving <laughs> which i thought was just such a like it's such a weird gag but i thought also worked really well because you just the, the, the fact is like an audio reveal because the way he's talking about what's just happened the way he's talking about grant Shaps quite freely you would never have expected that they're still in the car together i thought that was great um but i would admit there is a Bit of name uh, shenanigans that go on here, which I did not understand what the underlying gag was until I did a bit of research on it. Do you, are you guys all up on this? I'm presuming no. this is
0: where he calls uh, Schnapsy Michael. Yes. Hmm. So,
3: yeah, I d- So on the first first couple of listens, I was like, I don't understand what that is. I had
0: to uh,
5: research it myself. Okay, right. Um, so it's and, something that uh, passed you, us all by, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I think what what's worth sort of um, saying is. He references that his real name is Michael, yeah, so that's that's the kind of the, the point he's making which which kind of was was confusing at first and required some research, but please reveal what you found
3: okay well 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 essentially but and what what they're poking fun at is here is um Grant Shapps is his real name, but uh he uh I think a few years ago now he basically was forced to admit that he had a second job as a millionaire web marketer whilst he was an mp and he used the pseudonym michael green whilst uh do uh, whilst pursuing this uh second job uh, which all sounds like it was quite a kind of dodgy enterprise so yeah his his pseudonym for that was michael green so michael isn't his real name but obviously i think in the apu they're kind of playing around with with that whole thing and that that whole referencing. But um, yeah, this is something that looks to me like it was originally reported back in like 2005. So it's totally passed me by. But, you know, very, a very kind of subtle, potentially confusing reference if you don't know this, but great work from Coogan and the Gibbons to just kind of really stick one in on on Grant Shapps, basically, because, yeah, they're they're kind of very subtly highlighting some uh, quite uh, untoward uh, parliamentary behaviour
0: wonderful stuff well woven in Um, so we also I was quite shocked to find that uh, that he had filed for divorce from Carol I'd always assumed it was the other way round but then that is is, yeah and that is tempered Mm -hmm. by the fact that uh, she actually did leave him six months earlier um, so I think it was, it was more a case of just tying up some last-minute admin than, than really being being the driving force behind the divorce.
3: And we get the clarity that uh, the idiot who drinks the yellow stuff in tins—he uh, was uh, 15 years Alan's junior at the time as well. I don't know if we've had that age difference spelled yeah. out before.
0: A young narcissistic sports pimp <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoyed his uh, withdrawal of the offer to go and see Torval and Dean from Lynn um, and oh, her, Lynn. her instead having to drive him and uh, was this him and Katrina or was this someone else no, no just, this is just a tinder date another oh, yeah. tinder date so not even someone he's in a committed relationship with yeah
3: did anybody have down Alan's description of Lynn in this segment
5: uh, the, the natural
3: scowler and mopey yes yep. uh, natural scowler with a mopey <laughs> quality at the best of times which is obviously great because it's like, yeah, but that's at the best of times because that's every time with you she's moping Alan. That's what's happened there. Uh,
0: and now we come to the first of an occasional series I like to call uh, Genuinely Touching Moments that Alan spoils by trying to do an American accent. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I know you're going with it. Rosa Rosa asks him, uh, where good boy in reference to Seldom? Uh, and he has to say, Rosa, Seldom, he didn't make it. He passed away at a fun fair." He ain't never coming home, <laughs> and he does this quite a lot. I think, we've talked about yeah, this before. Yeah. He can't, he can't, he can't sort of just voice his, his voices his real emotions. He has to sort of cadge it with some some accent or some sort of uh, role play. Uh,
4: a, a little detail that I really liked here was that um, Rosa would be quite uh, strict with Seldom, and <laughs> that uh, it was because Rosa used to raise oxen, uh, <laughs> and yeah. and Alan thinks that Seldom respected that. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Similar
5: size animals. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone um, is uh, familiar with the trip, but there's a scene in the trip where Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan are doing impressions of Richard Gere. And this accent that uh, Steve or Alan uses here uh, is very reminiscent of uh, the uh, interchange that uh, Rob uh, and Steve have uh, on the trip. So if you haven't heard it, uh, I'd implore you listen to the first episode, series one of the trip. Uh, with the Richard Gere impersonations.
0: Uh, we find out at this point that uh, Spencer uh, is, was a competition winner for this time and was uh, was able to come along and enjoy a behind-the-scenes uh, trip to uh, the set of this time, but then uh, <laughs> was forced to leave because it turns out that um, he wasn't technically with his guardian. Uh, it's very much uh, Corister's jeans rule mm. kind of a situation here where someone's basically kicked out. Mm, um, and
3: I wonder who tipped off the BBC about her not being a legal guardian.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, but but he did give Spencer a pair of Primo slippers from the TV show Pointless, um, so <laughs> it wasn't a completely wasted day. Um, but thankfully, he managed to find the owner of Yarmouth Powerboats uh, came to fill in, and now as a result, Alan gets powerboat access twice a year. Um, what I love about this as well is that this
5: is absolute ni- like nineteen nineties BBC behaviour, isn't it? Presenters getting favours for you know the the children of wealthy people to do work experience on bbc shows yeah, yeah yeah it just felt like absolute 90s nepotism that i bet was absolutely rife
3: i mean I, I did think this this little section was i mean i didn't think it was particularly funny and it seemed a bit odd to just suddenly go i mean I i know it's all about the thematically about kind of breaking bad news but to kind of go back into the this time world, uh, referencing that a bit. But And obviously the, the payoff is all about Alan saying, couldn't have known it was going to work out that way, which obviously he did because he got that kid kicked out so he could get the son of the Yarmouth powerboat zoner in to get that placement. But I don't know. I just feel like surely there is a better kind of narrative device they could have inserted in here. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was great, that bit.
0: I I agree and I feel like they they sort of did it because they felt obliged to reference this time and to kind of weave this into into the timeline in that way but I would say that it ends with a bit that I really enjoyed where he's talking about his two grandmas uh, <laughs> yeah. namely right wing dana <laughs> right-wing nana and granny grumps who was also right-wing <laughs> yeah. i like is like, absolutely brilliant yeah, i like the idea in that situation that you're basically applauding a right-wing woman for not also being grumpy <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. say what you like about uh, right-wing nana at least she's fun <laughs> yeah. um
3: is, is it time for the british museum and their cultural rape
4: oh yeah. this is so good i mean i yes. could see the joke coming but it was still yeah. funny it, yeah yeah I mean,
5: I think we we can just kind of um, explain that basically uh, there's a kind of lengthy monologue from Alan pleading um, with the the British Museum that they they return what is rightfully uh, Norwich's, which is a, a, ta- a tavern shield. shield,
3: yeah, which looks like it is a real item in the collection at British Museum.
5: Did, do we know if it's actually of Norwich heritage? I I assume it is. I feel like they're generally pretty good with their. With their facts and research.
3: Yes, I believe it's a well, probably a village in uh, Norfolk.
5: Um, and obviously, the punchline here is that Alan then uh, suggests that, having made this uh, plea to the British Museum, that people go and check out uh, the Elgin Marbles, <laughs> uh, which are stunning and make for a fantastic day out. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the the Elgin Marbles
0: are heavily contested by—is it Greece? Greece. Yes, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's Greece, and it, and have been since eighteen twelve. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> See, I don't know, like, you know, compare that little segment to the this time Spencer and Granny Pam thing. I think that's just... I think you've got a bit of writing that just feels a bit lacking and then you've got something which is such a nailed-on, in-and-out set-up, punchline. I I, I just think it's really interesting having those two sections pretty much back-to-back. And I think one is an example of a minute or so of lacking... uh, uh, One is a minute or so that feels a bit lacking and one is a minute or so which just is absolutely one of the best moments in the episode, I thought.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and and also um, I think Elgin Marbles as a reference is is so nailed because not only is it something that's been in dispute for hundreds of years, so it's something that you know although to some people it's probably a bit of a niche reference, but most people will get it. But also that is that is that contesting has has been going on. You know, is still active. So like UNESCO uh, came to a decision in 2021 that the UK should return the marbles to Greece, and and they haven't been. So it's like even last year. <laughs> This battle was still raging on, um, so I feel like it's it's the perfect sort of reference point to throw in. Uh, so then there's a section where Alan's looking at uh, calls to Twitter, his Twitter followers to uh, suggest how to break bad news. Um, one of them a Buddhist says he just lets the other person get their own way. Uh, as a Buddhist, he's not supposed to be asked. Um, <laughs> and I think th- I think this is actually dramatically uh, interrupted uh, by Alan's uh, shouted instructions to Grant Shapps. Uh, Grant,
3: <laughs> what is it? For Christ's sake, pull over, get Grant. Get yourself a coffee. You're a, you're a fucking transport minister. Yep. And and again, that the way that that happens, that again, it's another reveal because you've got Alan kind of talking to us in the car. You wouldn't think he's still in the car with Grant Shapps, but turns out he is.
0: And also, just you know, the obvious point that the transport minister doesn't know how to drive. Yep. Uh, so it's three days later, and now uh, the, the North Norfolk Digital MD is keen to talk. Uh, a direct quote uh alan keen to seem nonchalant says chat sounds cool time tbc very cool
3: (laughs) oh yeah but well he hasn't sent that yet because i think the key point here is that responding straight away would be pathetic so alan's going to text him back tomorrow that's right he's going to sit on that voicemail for at least a day
0: and he doesn't want to be burnt again since he once accidentally sent a kiss to a builder um
3: we've all kissed a builder sent a kiss to a builder by mistake um now can i just (laughs) this reminded me of a very amusing twitter thread from a while back now but um i don't know whether you guys are all familiar with this but uh i think we can kind of say friend of the show fern brady um she had a bit of a mishap with a builder uh this was uh oh back in november last year um so <laughs> I, I there's a bit of a leap from kissing a builder but uh, you'll see where i'm going with this so uh, her first tweet in this little series of tweets was, I've been wearing my boyfriend's hoodie around the house for the last week. I tried to give it back last night. That's not my hoodie, he said. I realised with horror I've been wearing our builder's hoodie in front of the builder. <laughs> I, I had a little sleep in it at one point, came out of my room, said good morning to the builder, wearing his clothes. After realising <laughs> my mistake after a week, I threw his hoodie into the room he's been working in. He put it in our living room. What does it mean? Am I going out with the builder now? He's pretty old.
6: I just
3: thought just that's just one of those Twitter threads. I remember reading that, and it just really stuck with me. So not quite kissing a builder, but still a bit of builder-based fun. Send
0: a kiss to a builder, who knows where it might end. Um, in Alan's case, the memory alone seems to have sparked him onto buying a massive Bremont watch. Uh, Do you look at up the- how
3: much those watches cost?
0: Uh, no, but let's just note this is at the end of the episode where he started it saying the best things in life are free, and he's no longer hung up on material concerns. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he's gone full circle because they cost around eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand pounds. Sweet. Point. So you've also got a question: How can Alan afford something like that, considering he isn't actively broadcasting? Where's his money coming from? It could all be through uh, money comes. It could be through Michael Green, perhaps. Mm.
0: Um, So I think we're coming to the end of this first of of the two episodes we're covering this week, Um, but he just has a bit of time to premiere a snippet of one of his songs about Isambard Kingdom Brunel. I say one of his songs, very much controlled by Joy Division, with (laughs) Isambard Kingdom Brunel songs taped over the top of it. Um, And I thought this is quite a nice joke, really, because obviously... um, you know, Steve was in 24-Hour Party People. who's very aware of Joy Division. I expect probably friends with Peter Hook. Um, and so, you know, it, it would have been a choice of his to put this in. But it's the sort of thing, potentially, that Nathan the Jingle Man could play to Alan and pass off as his own. Um, ah, and so, yes. And so yes. Alan thinks, yes, this is a very affecting song that I can use to write, sing about is not by Kingdom Brew now.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Don't forget in the potholing episode that Alan does actually talk about Joy Division and kind of his... his... Uh, love of Joy Division, which I still think feels quite out of character for what we'd expect from Alan personally, but um, I don't know. Uh, Equally he does like Gary Newman, so who knows?
0: Uh, And so that ambiguous note brings us to the end of Brand Ambassador and straight on to episode 10 Alpha Male, for which Nick has the synopsis. Indeed I do.
5: Um, after taking an online course, the confidence muscle with Chip Keeble, Alan musters the machismo, 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 we'll go with that, to make a grand gesture to the woman he loves. <laughs> so, he <laughs> le- so he loves Katrina.
4: <laughs> He's in love. Also, we'll get into what he actually does. This is a grand gesture, is it? Yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah This this constitutes a grand gesture, apparently.
4: Uh, <laughs> I think this is the uh, this is the short, this is the shorter
1: step
0: of the uh, series it's under twenty minutes. Um, but I think yeah. it packs a lot of punch for its uh, yeah. its short runtime. Um, so he starts off with by mangling words as he often does uh, Rocky Bilbao uh, rather than Balboa (laughs) Um, and yeah talking about the course he's been taking the confidence muscle by Chip Keeble um, which uh, helps men who have perhaps taken a knock as a result of a list of things that include the Me Too movement cuckolding and boldness according to Alan (laughs) <laughs> uh, early baldness, That's Adam.
5: Oh, yeah, can, yes, can we, can
3: we, we could do, but there, there, well, there, are, there are five, five, re- uh, five reasons for basically your confidence being gradually pecked away. So yeah, the, the full list is physical decline, sexual impotency, early baldness, the Me Too movement, and cuckoldry.
5: I feel like all men will tick. All five. Two of those. <laughs> Well, yeah, probably, yeah,
0: it's going to go with two, but we'll say all five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every, every man, every we'll man is, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Not seconds after he said uh, Rocky Bilbao, he's also uh, (laughs) quoting Stephen Seagull. Seagull. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's plural. I'm
5: pretty
3: sure it is as well. There's a smattering of Stephen Seagulls. I think yeah. that's what uh, yeah. um, I think. The list. So yeah, basically in week one of uh, the confidence muscle, uh, I think Chip Keeble is uh, giving the men a uh, a movie monologue to uh, to to say out loud in the mirror as part of their shower and shave routine. Um, so I think the list of options, or at least the most popular ones that Alan references, you've got Liam Neeson and Taken, uh, Braveheart. Uh, I think some Clint Eastwoods, uh, Smattering of Steven Seagulls, uh, and Hugh Jackman, which did raise an eyebrow.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
5: Oh. Uh, uh, the, the names that they give to people in, in the host House um a, a generally pr- pretty ludicrous I would say however Chip Keeble is absolutely spot on for some kind of like guru or mentor I could really picture him or it's I a bit like, like the, um, th-
3: the Tom Cruise character in Magnolia I can't remember what that character's called yeah. it's one of those, uh, respect the cock, that, that character
5: yeah I, I also really like the idea of uh, Wolverine working on a checkout. I yeah. just just <laughs> was going to. Was... Doesn't
4: he describe him as a man with long fingernails? He
5: does. He <laughs> yeah. says he
0: says Hugh Jackman plays when you he hear he plays a man with long fingernails. You might think oh he just works he works on a checkout, but then you find out it's Wolverine. Um, <laughs> so I mean presumably the, presumably you need help packing. <laughs> yeah, presumably the is the joke the joke there is either or both that uh, that people work on a checkout don't do any manual labour so can afford to have long fingernails, but also just that it's if you're working on a checkout and you're a man you're essentially effeminate. Is that if that's the joke here right yeah I mean I, I feel like this chimes with um, what they've
5: uh, it's with oh, what's it called at uh, scissor dial where he works on the checkout and he says I, un- I unlocked the uh, female part of my brain long dormant when he was on the <laughs> checkout as if like that is a skill set that is in the female part of the brain and that only
0: women should be working on a checkout <laughs> Um, I mean, there's, there's kind of more of that to come where he's talking about um, the uniform of a lot of the people that, uh, that go in for the confidence muscle by Chip Keeble, uh, namely that a lot of them are Americans that wear wife beaters, or well, as we say in Britain, white vests. Uh, Alan <laughs> says he wouldn't beat a wife even at Scrabble, to which I thought he probably couldn't, could he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I like that all of uh, Chip's
5: uh, followers basically have uh, the word dog. Uh, at yeah. the end of their names. I say their names, I mean these are basically nicknames. No one's christened Big Dog, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think they're not.
3: <laughs> mad dog Big, dog, Big Dog. Big Dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so, B- Big that's... Dog, Mad Dog, Hound Dog, Alpha Dog. I think those are the ones he lists. Mm-hmm.
0: And so then the absolute weak squash pun that he's uh, followed yeah. by more <laughs> dogs than 101 Dalmatians and yet another, yeah. got to try stand up.
4: I have got to try stand up. <laughs>
0: I think
5: that's one of his weakest jokes as well. But actually one of his most committed um
3: uh, stand ups. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Should we talk about him how he's now standing?
0: Oh, what, the stance that's now wider than, like, a doorman or George Osborne?
3: Yeah, yes. Um, so it's w- worth casting your mind back to, I think, probably 2015 sort of era, when uh, it was all the rage in the Conservative Party to strike a power pose, uh, with basically your legs wide apart, uh, almost in a kind of A-shaped formation, which basically resulted in every politician in that party looking like an absolute idiot. And the best thing about this is, uh, then in 2016... Um, basically, it was, basically, it was the thing they were all doing because they were told by so-called experts that standing like that would uh, basically give them more gravitas, uh, give them uh, more of an air of power. But um, about a year later, those, call, uh, those so-called experts um, wrote in a blog um, that there were methodolo- methodological failings um, and it was all nonsense. So that's good, isn't it?
0: So at no point did anybody look at George Osborne and think, this punk got swag. <laughs> <As> <laughs> I don't Alan think they described. did. <laughs> that a sentence that Alan says, and I'm convinced that he only knows the true meaning of 50% of the words in that sentence.
6: <laughs> also, Alan,
3: Alan chewing gum. And I think this comes up again before the end of this series, and we've had this in earlier in this series and in series one of The Oast House. Alan chewing gum is his like key signifier for being cool, yeah. Or being, like, yeah. a bit punk or something like yeah. that,
4: which I think is yeah. quite funny. Yeah, I'm chewing th- more gum than ever.
0: <laughs> I do think there's something as well in the in us sort of worrying a bit about Alan falling in with the wrong crowd when he talks about the fact that Chip refers to women as, as females, wears a MAGA cap, but does get results. Um, and you sort of think, Alan is now quite well positioned to be influenced by idiots and and frequently is in this series. I thought of... I, I, I quite like, though, when, they, when he
5: makes that point that... Um, Alan sort of says that uh, Trump. I think he calls him a dipstick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of thought it was a nice touch that that could have gone either way, but actually, even Alan can see that that the man's a bit of a buffoon.
3: Yeah, and I feel, I feel like that's probably quite a deliberate choice actually, because I think, particularly over the last couple of years, a lot of our kind of um, dialogue we've had we've had with listeners uh, off the particularly off the back of the ending of this time series two where, you know, it felt like a path could have been laid where Alan could become a Piers Morgan, Dan Wootton type, extremely on the right kind of broadcaster, which would tie in with kind of a Steve Bannon, Donald Trump type type world. Um, and, you know, a lot of people saying, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you, you could imagine Alan being like on, a, I guess, an APU version of GB News. So I feel like they very deliberately haven't, gone down that route because a lot of people have speculated they might do i think you know even with stratagem i mean i haven't seen it so correct me if i'm wrong but even with stratagem there was a bit of speculation that it could be one uh, a bit of a not exactly right wing rally that's a bit too extreme but it could <laughs> but it could kind of lent into that kind of world but I, I feel like they've deliberately not gone the whole hog in that direction does, does that make sense
0: it does make sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think they're trying to sort of confound uh, confound fan expectation, perhaps mm. a little bit with that. Um, I like the uh, relationship update we get with him and Katrina at this point, that uh, essentially he was about to open his heart to her, but in the end he just bought her some compost, um, which actually, what we know about Katrina, what we learn about Katrina, I think she'd probably prefer that.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is, is it fair to say then, is this episode the follow-up to episode eight? I think it, it's the closest yeah, we're going like to get like to part it, two, it? isn't it? Yeah, mm. it
4: is. Yeah, yeah. And he d-
3: he cool. describes Katrina quite simply as fifty plus and fit. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> she is absolutely no nonsense as well, isn't she? I mean, you, you get you get many kind of examples of this, but you know, she's she's very kind of forthright. Um, probably doesn't take any shit. Knows what she likes, and frankly, is prepared to stand up uh, to Alan. Alan is the
0: Lynn in
5: the <laughs> Katrina <laughs> yeah. and Alan relationship.
4: Nice, nice.
0: I think they're sort of waving that a bit through this as well when he talks about you know people's reasons for taking the confidence muscle. One of them is cuckolding. I mean, that is basically, that's what's happening here to Alan, isn't it really? Um, I mean, one of many examples is he suggests uh, watching Billy Elliot. She says, what's that about? He says, it's about a gay boy in the miners' strike. She mimes hanging herself and then they watch Cats. They watch Cats instead. Oh, uh, I think I'd rather hang myself than watch Cats, <laughs>
6: frankly. Like the
3: play or the film?
5: Um, there I, might I, be I a difference. 20 minutes, I got twenty <laughs> minutes into the film out of pure curiosity. Oh, really? Yeah, I just had to see it. But after twenty minutes, it was just unwatchable. So bad, just so boring as well. It's not. It's just mind-bogglingly boring. But who yeah, thought anyway. that was a good idea? Uh,
0: Tom Hooper and James Corden. The optics <laughs> are not
5: good.
4: <laughs>
0: so uh, I wondered uh, why he wasn't referring to his dates with her as dates, uh, but it becomes apparent. He says after a few encounters, he's raised the idea of courting her and she's agreed to allow him to try. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's, why, that's why he's not calling them dates, because he hasn't had permission yet.
3: Um, do, do you guys have any any of the other examples he gives of kind of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say... How kind of the difficulties he's encountering with trying to get I on think, a level I with the trainer? Do, I
5: think the word is dominance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like she's just a very dominant partner, um, and, and it would appear a fast eater. I like. Yes. Uh, he, was, he was talking about how uh, she'd be ordering a taxi, and he's like, oh, "Can I just, can I just finish my meal, please?" Uh, <laughs> uh, she doesn't also say
3: goodbye at the end of phone calls as well, um, and he's constantly apologising to her. Um, she, uh, he drives slower than she does. Uh, I I think my favourite one, though, is that he wants them both to take their socks off when they're uh, making love. And uh, the query is, though, who is keeping their socks on? It's her, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm,
3: I'm not sure.
0: Surely, surely, I mean, if he was doing something that she didn't, oh, I see what he wants yeah. them both to keep okay, them on, yeah, and she won't. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Um, there's a very nice uh, throwback to I'm Alan Partridge series two, which I expect people got here about the uh, separation of food. Um, so he says that. Uh, he wants to sort of make some of the decisions in the relationship. He doesn't like food on top of other food. Uh, he wants his peas quartiled in a section of the dinner plate. And I thought this is very much down the uh, fry-up seven on ten. I want that to be my choice. Sausage as a breakwater <laughs> section of Iron Man and Partridge uh, when he's talking about Sonia's full English.
3: I'm staggered that hadn't even occurred to me. But uh, yeah, I think no, same. right? Yeah, yeah. same.
0: Um, there's a little bit about, I guess, Alan's sort of dating Preferences in general here um that uh, if if he's talking about a ba- the battle of the bulge if a woman mentions the atkins diet it's probably not much of a feature and if she sees it as the military reference it is then uh, he sees it lasting so when uh, when katrina refers to neville chamberlain as and i quote a fucking pussy um <laughs> then uh, he's he's all on board i think it's at this point
5: that we get um a, a very kind of uh, recent and topical event with the uh uh, will will smith uh, drama that that, mm. that happened kind of early this year i thought it was interesting that they kind of even made reference to this i don't know what anyone, anyone else thought but mm. it seemed um, i i just thought it was a surprising thing that they'd kind of um put in cuz it's still it's kind of still a little bit raw as a <laughs> as a kind of a moment in sort of popular culture
3: is, is it still upsetting you nick
5: I've still got questions I've still got Um, questions
3: You know what, I I would agree I do think this series feels more topical than I think anything Steve and the Gibbons have done Mm. because, I mean, there are always references across the whole Partridge output to kind of other figures in popular culture but those references being quite so timely in this series I I think feels like uh, an evolution not a revolution Um, and, you know, as... As we know that this was recorded, po- this series was recorded post Stratagem and delivered early September. I think literally the ninth of September had to be delivered to Audible for kind of like checks and sign off and whatever. So it's it's very interesting that yeah, like a lot of the kind of political figures they put in for gags, like even their positions have changed possibly multiple times uh, in the last few months. Uh, I mean yeah, the Will Smith thing I think that happened like back in March, but it does still feel very, very relevant in terms of it was a massive news story when it happened this year. And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think even Oast House Series 1 was anywhere near uh, kind of on the nose with recent events like this has been, whether it's you've also got things like uh, talking about Putin and stuff like that, again, which I think they've really uh, leaned into.
4: Um, just to go quickly back to Katrina's reference to Neville Chamberlain being a fucking pussy, Katrina has sort of the whiff of her of a sort of, one of those right-wing uh, Daily Mail-reading flag shaggers who's just like, oh, it was it was better in our day and when people had respect for the flag and like, and also one of those people who'd be like, oh, if I went over there and I was Neville Chamberlain, I would have sorted Hitler out. Like, I wouldn't have put up for any shit. Just like one of those people just <laughs> thinks that they can, like, go somewhere and sort something out when diplomacy and politics and politicians have had no sort of influence. They just think, oh... Send me over there. I'll sort them out. That kind of thing, which obviously is complete nonsense. What you're
3: saying is, in her Twitter profile, she would definitely have a union jack.
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, we know she loves help for heroes, but um, <laughs> it would just be like, yeah, it would be union jack. I think it'd be the
5: George
3: Cross,
4: wouldn't it? I yeah, think it yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, think the it, English flag. Well. Yes, yeah, good. No yeah, messing better. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag um, I, all lives matter. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just talking about the Will Smith thing as well. I think. I think what's what's interesting is um, that it's. It, it, it's not a dig it's well it's not a sort of reference in a kind of out and out comedic way as well it also there's also a sort of sub well not a subtext they, they out they pretty much say it that that basically he will never be respected in his marriage which i thought was actually very mm. like mm. you know a, a very sort of uh slightly more poignant slightly closer to the bone reference to will smith than they could have made it could have just been a, a bit of a joke about slapping someone on stage but um yeah they went there
5: and finally, I think the thing that's most crushing of uh, all is that if only Adam had been that little bit more forceful with Eve in the Garden of Eden, we'd have all been having a lovely, sexy time. I'm just disappointed <laughs> that we've missed out on that. So
3: what? Adam Brooks? Is it Yeah, if, yeah, I,
5: yeah. if Adam Brooks in the Garden of Eden, um, <laughs> just hadn't been that little bit more forceful. I'd have been having a sexy time now Adam. I'm just so oh. hungry for Apple Sorry you're not if having was. a sexy
3: time you're recording a podcast about Alan Partridge <laughs> yeah exactly on a Friday night <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Time for an unseen Norwich advert here to take you <laughs> ta- to, take, so to take you away from the glitz and glamour of Norwich which I, I think is disputed.
3: <laughs> can, I, can I say that this was one of my highlights of the episode I really enjoyed this
6: yeah very yeah
5: good. and it's things like it's things like this that I think highlight when the other ones are weak yeah. And I think we've, we've mentioned a couple of times that there have been a few that have been hit and miss. This is one of the good ones. Um, and it just goes to show how good they can be. Um, do we think that Alan actually does go dog walking on a golf course then with Selden? Like, was that something that he would do? Because um, there's a bit of me that think that, you know, golf courses would appeal uh, to him, but yeah, it's a it's a slightly confusing one. Isn't I it? thought
3: that was odd because he refers to tedious golf club members, and you'd think wouldn't Alan want to be in there with the golf club members? I mean, or maybe it, that's because he feels ostracized exactly. by them. Yeah,
0: I th- I think I think that's uh, I think to build a bit of a story around this, I think he probably has been ostracised mm. isn't allowed to join is on a waiting list and never reaches the top uh yeah, he's, had to, it, yeah, he's had he's yeah. had to join the racket club as a bit of a sort of consolation prize mm. uh but he they can't stop him walking his dog at 6 a.m <laughs> before uh, before we get to the back nine um so yeah that's why he's recommending it here
5: we have also got some unlicensed um <laughs> pubs namely the bulldog in Sheringham, which <laughs> is run by paul and eileen jarrow again just something about that name that I, I quite enjoy um although do be warned that twice a month it is the home to dog fighting so if you can smell dog dirt just probably keep your distance
0: oh, also the uh, the pub consists of a double garage and gazebo um I thought it was <laughs> yeah. good. and also surely if it's an unlicensed pub the last thing they want is to be advertised on an international podcast <laughs> yes <laughs>
6: yes yeah 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 totally
3: i thought the descriptions of that were well, brilliant a lively drinking hole, and no mistake uh nothing you say will get you cancelled drinks are served with nuts laughs and a few home truths i thought that was brilliant <laughs> unseen
4: notch
5: <laughs> um so we're we're moving on the first thing uh, to me that jumped out alan's talking about um uh, women's hour and talks about loose women um but he described uh Loose Women as Woman's Hour on white wine and I just thought there was something about that that was just so perfectly encapsulated the difference between those two shows Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not yeah. accurate I'm certainly not suggesting that the, uh, the presenters uh, are either drinking but uh, I just thought that that was a very good description of uh, Loose No Woman. but I,
3: I think that's perfect it, you know it doesn't have to literally be the presenters are drinking white wine I think the It's the audiences the, isn't it? the way both those shows set out their still yeah i think that's a, yeah. be- a very succinct piece of writing which i think absolutely nails it because Alan always nails nailed it. it. Gibbons always nail it. always it. it. <laughs>
6: uh, he goes into
0: another Twitter uh, a Twitter roundup. He goes to his Twitter followers for, for answers on, uh, on on more suggestions. I've got to say, I felt this like... This is his these... best way to sweep women off their feet. The so best best. That's, what that's asked. right. So uh, I, feel, I feel like these next two jokes were quite good, but I also saw both of them coming a mile off. Uh, the first one being that inevitably someone's suggestion is going to be about how to physically <laughs> knock yeah. a woman over. <laughs> like, yep. that's, that's, you know... I feel like that's a joke that most fans would see coming and then the other one where he's talking about somebody uh sort of negging females uh and 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 coming up with a descriptive term for somebody who does that and the whole joke about how he doesn't want to say it because it's very similar to a word he's not allowed to say Um, yeah so I mean it's quite funny but again it feels like the these two are sort of like the best jokes that fans could write rather than something that you know a sort of come out of left field that that, that would only come from the writers of Parks. I also think the, the, the best thing
5: about the second one is actually the most stupid uh, part of the joke which is he sort of sets up and says oh I'm Carl from Chesham and then the, the message is hello I'm from Chesham so again a bit like the Mike Blank thing <laughs> yeah. it's the, it's the it's double introduction very quickly
3: I, mean, I, I thought the best bit about this really was because he just goes on to talk about negging as a technique that Clarkson uses on Hammond by complimenting <laughs> May. Yeah. I I thought that was really fun Um, and then just going on to the uh, he then talks about Clarkson's Diddly Squat Farm the most sarcastic farm in Britain don't know what it means but it's such a corking line which is a perfect example of what we often uh, call Alan Yes Coogan No
0: Yes, definitely. (laughs) I mean, on on Matt Clarkson bit as well, I really like the fact that not only is he sort of negging uh, Richard Hammond, he does it by complimenting James May, but even the compliments to James May are things like, your bootcut jeans are every bit as bootcut as mine. (laughs) 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 Uh, And yes, another reference to to Richard Hammond's Cuban heels. Uh, Yeah,
3: yeah, yes, another height gag there. Um, I think perhaps the next thing to run through is uh, Alan's Guide to Dancing, maybe.
0: Oh, just one quick more th- thing on Clarkson. He says uh, he once made a joke to Clarkson, who then gestured with his hand. I think we can all guess what the gesture was. Uh, and then Alan, after that, goes, "But, but, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, good guy. So the fact he's included a but, I mean, so we know the gesture was uh, was rude. Does, does um, he
3: not explain the gesture? Is that works does well he? on the podcast?
0: I don't think so. Uh, the sort of waving his hand back and forth as as if to say, mm, average.
6: Mm
3: yeah I yeah. will. We, we, could, you could wave your hand like that exactly you could wave your hand like that again but, oh, works well oh, on the podcast
0: well like <laughs> oh, yeah I was I was assuming it was a wanker gesture and I think like the reason that Alan is this but he's a good guy he's a good guy yeah. is because he yeah, recognises he recognises the potential in Clarkson yeah to, to yeah. aid his career <laughs>
5: time to talk about alan's dancing and i think we should just preface that this has come in from uh, leonard in Wiltshire, who essentially says that he'll try and dance his way into women's hearts and if that doesn't work he'll just try and dance his way into uh, men's hearts <laughs> um, and alan uh, says he alan's does exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah but only with women only with <laughs> only only with women despite the fact that he wants to kiss a man on his bucket list but let's, let's not worry about that now <laughs> um so yes have you got uh, the techniques that he employs
3: yeah I, th- I, th- I think i can i think i can give us this rundown so uh don't overthink it keep things simple shift from side to side where possible on the beat
1: uh, your movement <laughs> should
3: be fast not jerky uh, you need uh, you want a 90 degree bend at your elbow a lightly clenched fist and control your face
5: i mean to be honest it's a fairly sensible uh, <laughs> list for once, I would say. That that actually makes broad sense in terms of when you're on a dance floor, adhere to those. And, uh, Broadly and I'm sure you'll no doubt be dancing in to either women's or men's <laughs> hearts. But some, someone's heart will be open to you, I should imagine.
3: I think the best bit is obviously, when possible, on the beat. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what else would you be doing? <laughs> a
5: recognition that it's not always possible. Surely
3: um, it is. There's also a point when he talks about dangerously thumb slappy bass which I thought was perhaps a thinly veiled uh, allusion to uh, music yep. to chameleons and Alan's air bass mm, nice mm,
4: yeah definitely
3: and then after this Alan is then uh, asking Rosa for his wheelie case but we don't know why
4: no not real, not really wheelie <laughs> <laughs> That was great. I really yes, Nick, that. we do we do find out why yeah. in about a minute's I, time. Yes, I, I be-
5: started to say that sentence, and then my
0: brain uh, <laughs> sort of started rummaging through the filing system
5: and realised that yes, we do know why. But before that, <laughs> it's time
0: for a a touching in remembrance section with the Norwich Chamber of uh, f- Finance Commerce, mm. Norwich Commerce. Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, uh, for some of the people we've lost this year. Um, so the list very quickly: Eddie Griggs, Brian Andrews, Johnny Mitchell, Tony Bork, Philip. No, Tony B Ward. I'll oh, be Ward. Oh, okay. That's the that handwriting blows... again, isn't B. it? Ward. That blows my theory yeah. out of the water. <laughs> K- carry on. <laughs> Philip Shreve,
5: Trev DeFrotis, Malik Bulgira, Steve Trammell, Belinda Trammell, the Trammels, uh, Giles Plant, Sydney Wilfer, Bob Head. <laughs> These are definitely real people as well. Molly St. Edward, uh, Paul Trammell, another Trammell again. Um, uh, they are gone, and then there's a, a swallow, <sighs> but forever in our thoughts. <laughs>
4: So what do we think happened to the Tremble family that three of them have perished in the last year? <laughs> right, can I, so here's my take
3: on this. I hated this bit. I just think I would argue that is a minute of time in a 19-minute ep that just has no significant payoff. That it, to me, this felt like a shame and just a bit of a waste. Like, what? I think when you, compare, when you compare the standard of writing to mid-morning matters or this time, which are all so dense with layers of joke... I don't think you'd get something like this because what's the joke apart from it's an arbitrary list of names? Perhaps you could argue, well, this is a bit like what they did at the Baftas. Yes, you've got to think about the three trammels. What's what's going on there? But I think for for one minute out of nineteen minutes, this is a real letdown.
0: I would say I'm 75% with you, 25% prepared to find that there is actually a very clever joke woven through these names that but I the, haven't got. Yeah, um, I, I looked but, a lot of them I did, up. I did think a, num- that. a number yeah. of them are act- famous actors' names, uh, have been in various films, some of which seem to have worked in the comedy industry. So I don't know if it's like a list of actors from the Gibbons' favourite movies or if there's but, some other
3: joke that we'll have explained to us thing. by listeners. If it's like a thing where you have to go and Google 14 names to get the joke, that's not a good bit of writing, I don't think. Uh,
5: I see where you're coming from. I actually uh, do disagree. And I think that there is uh, humour in something as banal as him reading names. Uh, I'm keen to revisit some of the names shortly. But but I, I would say I, I actually did find this uh, really funny. You know, the fact that Alan... Uh, is reading out these names in some kind of you know remembrance as if that is a thing that happens in a local business community yes it's sad obviously when people die but this just is not a thing and doesn't happen it's it's the names themselves it's the way that he reads them and then it's after all of that he fumbles the final line (laughs) to to actually pay tribute to them Uh, because he's so choked up yeah it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. It is stupid. Um, but I thought it was funny. We have heard the name Malik Bulgira, and I'm pretty sure he's in House Series 1. Um, but I didn't have the time to go through all of House Series 1. So I would put this out there if anyone has any builds on uh, some of these names um, and how they link to the APU be gratefully received and look
3: you know what I, g- I guess that is the thing about this like yeah may- maybe there is a very obvious gag which we're not getting we're, we're obviously and i'm sure if uh, our listeners have listened to all 140 odd episodes of this <laughs> you will you will very well know that we don't always get necessarily what the references are but i just think if you're literally having to scrabble around and research what the joke is to get it i'm just not convinced that it's that it's great and i, I do get there are a few layers where this can work so i think you know it's good if some of us like it and some of us don't like it can just be the randomness of the names or it can be that would the norfolk business community have a in remembrance section like the baftas does but i just think i just think they've got better than this in them and when these episodes are so short that's what really riled me about this uh, you know it's kind of similar to you've got all the lists of names at the beginning of episode one of this series and you know whether there are more layered gags to be found within what those names are possibly i mean those names felt more comedic than names in episode one um but yeah mate may, if it, it'd be i'd be really interested to know what our listeners made of that
5: crack out the really case i mean crack out the <laughs> wheelie case we're going on holiday
0: <laughs> are we yes because
3: alan's yeah. alan's
5: tactic
0: <laughs> chip, chip Keeble's course has paid off and all it took was offering to take somebody on an all-expenses-paid trip to dubai um, which again how is he financing this no idea, no idea. But I like, I like the idea that he thinks that what's ha- what's worked here are his sort of confidence tactics, whereas it feels like what's actually worked <laughs> is that a woman is prepared to go with him to Dubai if he pays for everything,
3: <laughs> and as
6: long as you can uh, drink in
3: the hotel. Yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the clincher. That's, fir- that's the first question. <laughs> um, also enjoyed the mini revelation here that uh, uh, Katrina's mum cleans her house twice a week.
4: Whose <laughs> mum does that?
5: <laughs> yeah, that is that's mad. Um, I I enjoyed that Alan has planned uh, a a slap-up dinner with options for uh, Katrina at the end uh, which (laughs) (laughs) I thought were very good Um, but the fact that she had to choose from four was mad, the fact that he would present them to her equally mad and uh, those (laughs) options are (laughs) watch a Bond film I mean why would you? Watch a Bond film Mm, now I'm interested Uh, Play backgammon uh, in fluffy dressing gowns. That actually does sound nice. Although fluffy dressing gowns in Dubai, no way. Um, Or finally, (laughs) and I do think this is a great term. A bit like bit like eggs. Uh, It's an underwear cuddle. (laughs) When he first an underwear cuddle in bed.
6: When he first sent
0: 10.30pm activity TVC, I thought, surely the only option here is sexual activity. Uh, (laughs) To find that sexual activity forms 25% of the options, and even then, it's it's a menu. menu. Yeah, and even then, basically, it's a clothed cuddle. (laughs) That's absolutely great.
3: Yeah, I I actually would have, I thought this might, the term might be a naked cuddle in bed or something like that. I, I would have expected that, perhaps. But no, the underwear shall remain on. That is a key.
0: Um, to do a little bit of research, to uh, to Katrina's point, Club World does constitute business class. Uh, Alan says, "Yeah, mm, yeah, it's not clear. <laughs> Near as damn it, I mean, yeah. yeah, you could argue maybe not, but it is their equivalent of business class." Um, and he then mangles the word valet, valet.
6: Yep. Oh yeah I, yeah. I
0: also like that Katrina is, you know,
5: going back to her dominance. She she won't just come in for a kiss. They have to negotiate and meet by, and meet by the island. <laughs> I just thought that was great that she wouldn't even at that point just come in for a cuddle. <laughs> look <laughs> how
0: look how proud he is of coming up with the phrase promises promises as well. Yeah. <laughs> really really chuffed with himself.
3: I also enjoyed I think the kind of conclusion of this uh, little scene playing out is Katrina saying she would uh, better pack an overnight bag and Alan says you better and don't forget your toiletries surely toiletries are one of the key components of packing an overnight bag that was good
0: um he says to himself not a bad day uh, and he necked his drink in one glug uh, you would assume <laughs> yeah. it was some kind of whiskey but he's like nothing refreshes like a fizzy drink uh, <laughs> like a, or a nice thought, cold glass yeah. of milk exactly yeah. <laughs> i thought it's a nice nod back to the glass of milk it's a nice reveal that after all that he's celebrating basically with some fizzy pop um and yeah I mean, and then does I mean, a really really long burp
3: and matter the quiet yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: just before we get to the song for katrina i thought it's quite interesting to look at alan's evolution of women um i think he basically got burned by carol and ever since then has pretty much kept himself to sort of safe bets Sonia could be confused angela could be overruled it's only now that he's he's going for a strong woman again um which i thought was quite interesting arguably he's gone too strong Needs to dial (laughs) it back a bit, but I'm sure we'll hear more from Katrina in other partridge lore uh, down the line as well. Um, And and speaking of Katrina, it's time for her song Um, again. I think they're slowly building the case for an Alan Partridge album, aren't they, here? And this song is funny, but I would say, as with all comedy albums, it's funny about three or four times, and then it's not
6: funny. Uh, I'm, oh,
4: I'm no, gonna... I, I, I really like this. I think it's funny. And also, what is good about it is it's very short. My concern about this Alan Partridge uh, album is that there's going to be songs that are two and a half, three minutes, maybe longer, that are just going to be really bad. I think this is short, this is punchy, and I really, really enjoy it. I mean, look,
3: I'll, I'll take the kind of opposing line on this. I mean, look, I do think part of the joke of this song is it's deliberately bad. Like, it's very cheesy. The rhyming yeah. is overly simplistic. The music Lax, is tax, terrible. Trooper Cooper, Natamata Yeah, the whole thing's really naff. And I, you know, I, I can get that that's obviously a deliberate construct of the joke, but I still just didn't think it was that funny. And yeah, I I, I would definitely say The more musical interludes we hear at the end of the episodes, the more I am nervous about the next Partridge project or any Partridge project being a full musical album. I'm not sure that's something that we need personally.
5: I mean, all I would say as a kind of defence of this song is I found it very very funny but then again this is absolutely my level So this, this, <laughs> yeah. really, this really spoke to me um i i thought it was great i genuinely thought it was funny and i i do think that some of the songs in all seriousness haven't been great so um we had the joy division example obviously in 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 the earlier episode i didn't i didn't find that funny whereas the stupidity the the banality mm. and simplicity, Uh, for me made it it, it funny and I do think it's got a bit of a jovial uh, rhythm to it so yeah it's stupid but that doesn't mean I can't and didn't find it funny because I did I think I can absolutely
0: sit on the fence on this one and say that I found it funny, I thought it was really good in the context of a podcast where most of the podcast is not this and this is something that's tacked on the end as a bit of a bonus Mm -hmm. if this is the meat of the Partridge project, if the whole project is this uh, to be based on the merits of just this then I think it will get tired
3: quite quickly
6: yeah
3: and I think it's it's, I think it's interesting as well I would definitely agree the the Joy Division aping song uh the Isambard Kingdom Brunel song that isn't funny at all actually I I hadn't even really thought about that like that gets no chuckles at least at least with the Katrina song yes it gets a chuckle on maybe the first second listen but you're not going to be coming back to this podcast going I can't wait to hear that song again for the 20th time I just I just don't think it has that kind of longevity to a lot of what we well actually (laughs) Nick's grinning he will be (laughs)
6: Yeah, I will as well. I will I, as well. I just love it, Katrina. Uh, can Abby
3: we um say so when we... <laughs> she says that all lives
4: matter?
6: <laughs>
3: when we um when we do uh, the series wrap up next week, can we uh, determine, probably by a poll between us, uh, what the best song of this series is? Something yes. exciting to tune in for next week. I yeah.
0: think so. Also, I would say if you don't like musical interludes, you're really going to hate Stratagem when you finally see it.
3: <laughs> bom, bom, oh <laughs> (laughs)
0: Uh, so I think that brings us to the end of this uh, this week's Monkey Tennis thanks so much for listening and a special thanks to everybody who throws us a couple of quid at ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis we really appreciate it when you do Um, we're going to be back next week for the season finale or end of the series as we call it in Britain (laughs) um, where we'll be talking about perfect days and I'm sure you can agree uh, whether it's crisps and wanking feast of fools or yodelling in the Swiss Alps that uh, no perfect day could be better than listening to the final Monkey Tennis of the series so from all of us at Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge Fan Podcast see you next week
2: thanks and goodbye have you seen her I am hopping mad and I want something in the middle aha yeah, absolutely yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, absolutely Monkey Tennis bring bring there's a new chat in town oh. I had the last laugh Damn! Monkey Tennis little pierced my foot on his back with a chuckle with a chuckle oh. monkey tennis radical awesome mega <laughs> Monkey Tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Okay. Monkey Tennis? Edmonds is a total wazzup of a guy. Yes, 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 and yes. It's hotter than the sun. They said, who oh, the hell is that? <laughs> this is great banter. Yeah. Back of the net. Monkey Tennis? The people who enjoy Alan Partridge will enjoy this podcast. The people who've never got it still won't get it.
6: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?